Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor 42, episode 12. What a bombshell of an episode. Myself and Jake have been talking back and forth today, uh, doing the good old DMs, having a look at how we've seen the season play out. And boy, oh boy, did the Survivor producers pull a fast one on us here, Jake. Welcome to the podcast, because... Omar was that far ahead of everybody else. It, it, it looked like, could it be this obvious dominating win of the season? And we kind of, I guess, preempted that there could be a move last week. But I feel like still, in my heart of hearts, I thought Omar had this thing in the bag. Um, welcome to the podcast, Jake. Overall, how do you feel about this episode that we just saw? I think it was a good episode. I thought it was really good. I am just kind of in shock that we're already a finale. Because this this has gone by so fast, this whole season. And it's looking like it's kind of open for a few people now that Omer is gone. I think you and I kind of have one person in particular that we're looking at. But definitely makes the game more open because Omer just would have beaten anybody. Yeah, 100%. I mean, let's do a quick screen share here of the, I guess, looking at the this you know going into this week these were our top people it's a little bit smaller see if i can get a little bit closer there but i mean omar was running away with the competition like he was just running circles around everyone drea who's no longer in the game was in second place coming into this week the way we've been writing them Lindsay was in third place jonathan is still hanging in there i mean he only i think he got all of his points in the first four weeks and then i gave him a, a one point last week for winning an immunity um but you know you, you have to go down to mike and marianne after that they're like i don't know one two three four five six seven six and seven for something on the list right now i mean there's less players in the game than where we've got them ranked but yeah. to me i think this is a great example of where the producers thought and this is why, I mean, we're going to get into it. We'll go back to the beginning of the episode, but I want to talk about it a little bit here. I think the producers pulled a fast one on us this season because they wanted us to know how big of a move Marianne's move was going to be at this point in the game, taking out Omar. And I think, therefore, this whole season, I don't know if you felt the same way, Jake. It, sometimes it felt really predictable. It felt like we knew the moves. We understood what, what Omar was up to at all times. We that's not normally what Survivor US tend to do with their edit. They normally also try and fool the viewer, and we never really know the final plan. There's always like two or three potential people that can go home. This season, I kind of felt like it was a lot more clear-cut who was going to go home, almost like Survivor South Africa does a lot of the times. Like, it tells you the full story of how the plan came together to blind someone, blindside someone. And I think the reason that they did this to us this season was because they really wanted us to know how good of a player Omar was and how big of a move this was going to be. That I think that totally tracks. Um, they definitely were going to Omer a lot, showing his thoughts. They, I think he had like the last confessional right before tribal council, like you know, like three or four times in a row. Just like, is this the right move? Or like, I could do this or this. Like, I have options. But like, basically, just letting us know, like, hey, Omer is in control of this vote. He's in control of the game pretty much letting us know point blank that he's deciding what's going on. But I got to be honest, I prefer that to, I prefer giving us the whole story and making it maybe a bit more obvious than mm. what they did a few times. Like one glaring example that I'm thinking of is in winners of war with Ethan, 
when he was voted out, I, I swear to you, they mentioned his name maybe one time in the episode. I was shocked. Absolutely I, shocked. And I hate that. I hate, as a viewer, I, I don't it. want to be blindsided by who's going home. Like I want to see hard. Not yeah. that hard. You, you need to yeah. know the two or three possible plans going into a vote. And yeah. you need to be able to understand why someone lost. Because as fans, we like to dissect what people did right and what they did wrong. And we also try and learn from this. I know there's very little we can learn from it being fans of the show. If we're out there and we're playing the game in the actual island, it may not translate as well. But we still are trying to learn from these players that are out there and then hopefully apply something like this in the future if, you know, you get casted on the Survivor US or I might apply for one of the international versions. I want to be able to learn where people make mistakes. And I think... You know, I'm with Dylan here, and Dylan and Christian, welcome to the live stream. He said, Mariana's winning this game. There's no buts about it. I think, Jake, the end of the season is going to be one of those seasons where it's going to be interesting to go back and look at Marianne's edit from the beginning. I can remember it pretty well. I think a couple of weeks ago, it may have been two episodes ago when we were recapping, I said to you, could Marianne be the person who's in front of our face the whole time and we're just not noticing her because she's such a big character. She's a little bit quirky, a little bit different, you know, um, maybe we're not taking her seriously as a contender, but she's always getting screen time. She's always in our face. Is she maybe like a little bit of an undercover assassin that could jump up at the right time? And there is things that we could learn from this win. Now, this win for me, before she even wins it, I know we're going to jump in ahead a little bit. If she wins, it's not going to be one of the most dominant wins we've ever seen in the game. She's not going to be one of the most dominant winners either. But there's a lot of value in her winning in the way that she did because there was periods in the game where she did not have the power to be able to become a dominant winner. But she had to know when to sit back and let other people play and when to jump in and make a move at the optimal time, which is what she did in this episode here. So there's going to be a lot for us to go back and dissect as fans in regards to her win. And, you know, even if it's not one of the most dominant winners, I think it's a great lesson if you were out there or if I was, if I was out there, I don't think I would ever be in a position like I'd either go early or I'd be running the bloody show because I'm too opinionated myself. But if you're someone that's not very opinionated and you're more of an introvert or you, you can't, you, 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 being like me is not good. Like, you know, I'm going to be all in or all out. I'll be either out first or I'll go all the way. I think this is better for a lot of players that play that type of game to know that even if you're this deep in the game, you can still change the narrative about you as a player, even very, very late in the game. It's funny. We're kind of just like, having a coronation right now of like Marianne is the winner in which like I agree I think she's got I don't know I don't want to look like a fool but like it's right there in her, in her faces but we said that about Omer so yeah, it could be wrong again but I don't think so I honestly I now the yeah. edit for Omar makes sense because I, I really feel like they needed to build him up so that when he goes, it would mean a lot for the fans. So we'd be like, shit, she took out, sorry for swearing if you've got kids in the car while you're listening to the audio version here. But you know, they're, they're looking at this and they're like, man, we need to make sense of Omar cutting, or, or sorry, Marianne cutting Omar at this point. This was her game winning move. I, I honestly think she's winning it. I think Mike, and we'll talk about Mike. Mike is the other person who's got a chance in my mind to win this. Lindsay's got an outsider chance of winning it. But if I had to do rankings right now, um, I would go Marianne, number one, based on the edit. Mike, number two. I don't think Mike might not even make the final. But even if he does make the final, we've seen enough flaws within his game that I think people might crucify him. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's get into... I guess this episode as a whole, right? So they go back to camp. They've just pulled off this massive move. Dreya's out. Um, everybody is shocked. But this now creates 
animosity under some of the original Taku tribe members and also Mike, because now they know that Omar's got a case. He just looked like the mastermind in front of the jury, and he's starting to peak at the right time. He was playing behind in the shadows all the time. Everybody thought they were Omar's friend, but now they know the level of deception that he's pulled off on this stage. And damned if you do, damned if you don't, you can't crucify Omar for playing game at this point because you have to i mean you've got to take your shots at some stage to have a chance to win it at the end but it looked like this move really was the nail in the coffin for omar this episode yeah you look back you know we kind of spent a bit of time debating on what his right move was and i'm trying to think like even if he if he didn't take out drea you know and and um tell mike and you know, and she steals the idol. Like he still knows about it. He's still like everyone. He gets exposed. Like it's. It was just you were right. It's. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like he just kind of peaked, just slightly too early. Just slightly too early. And people, he was exposed, and they realized there's no way in hell we're winning this game if we don't take him out. And at final six, I mean, he 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 killed it. I gotta say, he killed it. But. Do you think that we ever, like, I mean, you get all types of winners in Survivor. You get winners that play frontline, they make big moves, they, they're flashy, you know, like Tony Blackhorse in his original season. To a certain degree, he played a little bit different in Survivor season, season 40. Do you think that all-out flashy player can still win Survivor in the new age? Because to me, it feels like there's just too many people now that are very aware of resumes, that are very aware of jury perception and things like that, that we've now potentially in two seasons seen two female winners, potentially, I'm, I'm putting it out there because we don't know, things could still go wrong. Yeah. I mean, we're called the nullified take for a reason. You know, we don't really know what we're talking about, but, you know, we'll take a stab at it. We've got a take here. But potentially we could have two female winners that kind of sat back for big periods of the game, but made crucial moves at crucial times to, to win the game. Is that the new meta of how to win Survivor? And do you think that we're going to get more and more players trying to play a passive game, especially now with so much luck and with so much elements like do or die coin tosses or, you know, it feels like a gamble. Like it's a risk sometimes to be a big game player these days. Do I make sense? I think you make perfect sense. Um, I was slightly disagreeing with you at first, but then when you brought up the luck, I think that's what, where I was like, oh yeah, like, they're seeing like there are so many gambles and it's like gosh like am i gonna get punished for playing the game hard like i think you kind of do like sometimes. even when you win like even if you win you don't win like you know exactly. with the hourglass another example like i i cannot imagine how frustrated i would have been if i were on 41 or 42 and i won that challenge and jeff says nope i lied he didn't hmm like that would discourage me for the rest of the game being like i don't even know what's happening at any point like what's what if i play this idol but then jeff is like actually the the idol nullifier is back and then somebody has an idol nullifier nullifier like it's like yeah there's too much there's too much there's too much like i think it broke when jeff basically lied to the contestants in 41 said you yeah if you win this challenge you are merged you are on the merge tribe and you are safe and that was a lie yeah well 
going back to the episode here, right? So we've got Omar talking to us, the audience, and he says that, you know, he's pulled off this big move. His next move now in the game is going to be, he's got to get to a point where he can drive a wedge between Mike and Jonathan, and he's got to let them fight it out with each other. And he also goes and gives Mike the idol back. We spoke about it last week on the podcast. We said, there's no way now that he didn't vote Mike out in the spot that he can hold on to that idol. Like it would have just been, in my opinion, suicide. He would have burned Mike. There would have been chaos that would have left a bad taste. I think in the mouth of the jury, if Mike was the next one out, I just felt like he kind of cornered himself. He could have made that move, but I don't think that's the kind of move that wins you the game. I think that's the kind of move that leaves animosity and hurt feelings in the game, mm-hmm. especially because it's not a clean blind side. You know, you want to you want a clean blind side. If you're stealing someone's idol, vote them out immediately and say that was a clean blind side. You're out. I now have the idol. That's that's the yeah. move for me there. So he kind of went down a different route in the game. What's interesting to me is I think Omar was starting to drink his own Kool-Aid in the game. And that is something that happens when you are extremely successful in the game. You believe you've got the mightiest touch. You can do no wrong. And I think like he said, he became survivor confident throughout this episode. He really believed that he could turn Mike and Jonathan against each other. And there's a lot of, um, it's interesting. It felt this whole episode, both Omar and Lindsay severely underestimated the relationship that both Mike and Jonathan has. And they also underestimated how Jonathan and Mike perceived them in return. It was it was very interesting, this dynamic here. I felt like it went to his head a little bit here because he's had so many successful blindsides in a row leading into this episode. I think, yeah, the big thing with like Jonathan, I think Omar got Jonathan at the beginning of the episode is like the Taku four is still together at the final six, but that's that's it. That's as far as we're going. We're done. I don't think Omar knew that knew that he was thinking that at all. I think he still thinks like Jonathan wants him there. And he can kind of, you know, control the Taku 4 as he has been for pretty much the whole game. And that just wasn't the case. Marianne pulled off this move when he was pretty much her closest ally in this game. And I was very shocked to see that, like, Omer thought, really thought that he could break up jonathan and mike i just don't i just that wasn't happening and maybe it was just a good acting job by mike i think he he is he's good at like when specifically when mike and Lindsay, mike is very good at like acting kind of panicky and like like am i going home am i going home yeah and she's like no no no. as long as jonathan doesn't win you're fine yeah. And, and I think I that think diminishes his strike level. I think yeah. it diminishes his because if he if he had that Russell Hans or Tony Vlacos nature to him, he already kind of looks like them. He's got a bald head, you yeah. know, he's a big burly guy. So if he had that level of bulldoziness towards his game, I think it would not have gone down well. But it is that ner- you, you're quite right. It's that nervousness when he talks, like, am I going home? Am I at risk? You know, you could screw me in the game. So he doesn't come across as like threatening in those situations. I think when he's talking to other people within the game, but um, Christian's got an interesting question here. He does say, do you believe that Drew Dreyer blew up and exposed Omar's game? What's your thoughts? I think we kind of addressed it in the beginning, right? She definitely did because she made everyone aware that Omar was the only one who knew that information. So in return, People who were not a plan, not a part of that, uh, I guess, immediate um, plan to to blindside Drea, like a Jonathan and potentially I think a Marianne or Romeo, the people that were like on the outskirts, 
all of them knew that Omar had this information and he didn't tell them. Like Jonathan, obviously at this point would have known, listen, Omar's not playing with me. Yeah, and also, even if if Drea doesn't say what she said, Mike still knows that Omar um, orchestrated this and you know went to him and told him, give me your idol, she's trying to steal it. Then even if, if that happens and Drea doesn't say anything, Mike is still going to go back to camp and talk to Marianne and say, hey, did you know that Omar completely orchestrated everything last night with the whole knowledge is power? And Marianne would have had the same plan and came up with it. So, but here's the crazy thing: it wasn't even Omar's plan. It was Lindsay's plan. Lindsay's she was the one who brought it up, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she got away without any blood on her hands. That's funny. Can yeah. she get to the end now and claim it if she gets to the end to say you guys all thought that Drea, one of the biggest threats in the game, was taken out by Omar? Omar took a bullet for me, but in the meantime, I was the one. I had the murder weapon, and nobody, nobody knew. They they went for the decoy. You know, she did think of it, but Omer, I think, had the better relationship with Mike to actually Andrea. go to Andrea to convince them to do what they did and get the idol from Mike. I'm not sure if Lindsay could have been able to do that with Mike. So it was. But wasn't team... that Erica's game plan like last season where she said, hey, I forgot the older lady with the blonde hair um, from that season. She was quite forgettable because I didn't give her a big edit. But Erica Heather? said she... Heather, there we go. So she said Heather was the person with all the social capital. I used Heather to build these relationships with a lot of people that I didn't have. Like I remember her using that as a pitch. So that in itself is a gameplay. Now, is Lindsay the the kind of player with the level of understanding of how to pitch this to the jury at the end? I don't know. And that's another reason why I think Marianne's winning this season because Marianne is a super fan. Now, for people that have watched Australian Survivor season one. I don't want to say more than that, but people who know know what happened in that final tribal council. We had a very big super fan who was extremely good at pitching to the jury, who watched all of the RAP uh, content out there and years and years of knowing what to say and not to say. I think Marianne will be that at the end. I think Marianne gets to the end. She's a bigger threat than people think because she has watched and studied this game. I don't think Lindsay's got that. Yes, I agree. I, I got to say, I... I have not seen Australian Survivor season one in a long time. So I'm not, I never really connected the dots between those two, but I guess I can kind of see it. Um, sorry, something just popped into my head. Do you think there is a chance that the idol nullifier could come back in the finale? Well, here's the thing Christian season, I, I didn't know this because I haven't what checked out any. I haven't checked any of the exit press yet, but and I don't know if this is true, so we're just going off what Christian's saying here in the live stream for those that are audio listeners of the show. Um, he says Omar had an idle nullifier in his exit press, so maybe there was another advantage. We know sometimes reward challenges doesn't get shown, certain advantages don't get shown. I am extremely surprised that they didn't show that because seeing one of the bigger players in the game go home with something in their pocket Mm -hmm. That just that you know that's satisfying for a lot of people to see someone yeah. flame out like that. So I'm surprised that if he did have it, that we didn't get to see it as an as an audience. Yeah, that's very strange. That kind of yeah. reminds me um, in Winners of War, Parvati got a idol nullifier. I think in the same episode that she got voted out, and it's like, well, if you're not showing Homer getting his, why, why did you need to show 
Parvati getting sent one from the edge of extinction, like who cares? It didn't end up doing anything at all. So it's poverty. People just wanted to give poverty any reason to give a screen time, basically <laughs> at guess. that point. But I guess, um, yeah. Going into the reward challenge here, it's an interesting one. Uh, they have to spin and unspool a coil of rope, get a key to unlock block puzzles. Um, and I was writing down as I was watching it, I was like, what did we really learn in this challenge? We learned that Jonathan and Lindsay are great at doing the physical stuff. But when it comes to the puzzles, they both struggle, which we already knew. So nothing new learned there. Um, and then we saw Omar and Marianne go up against each other and really compete for the win here with Omar edging it out and winning it. It was quite funny on repeat when I watched it for the second time, Mike went up to Omar to congratulate him and said, oh, and I had it, but he only had like three or four pieces of this puzzle. <laughs> and he thought he had a chance, like just funny yeah. as hell to watch. But like, what did you think of the decision here for Omar? Because, you know, with all that power comes great responsibility. Um, and he has to choose one of two options here. Either take, you know, three people with him, so that's four people of the final six to go and eat cake and cookies, or he can choose two people to go have some sustenance, some some chicken and veg, which obviously being out there that long, I always, when I look at Survivor, I never understand the appeal of sweets or chocolates or ice creams. Like, I, I think I that's, would be disgusted by it personally if I hadn't ate for that long. That would exactly. go in and out too fast. Um Sorry what did you think of the graphic, choice? What did you yeah, what did you think of the choice here? Do you think he made the right choice? I do. I think even though he we, went home, right? We we can't be too results focused. Was, this this wasn't this had no factor in his vote off, in my opinion. I think when Jeff was explaining the you know choice to either do um, sustenance or sweets, I was like, I, I think it's pretty obvious to choose sweets because specifically to leave Lindsay and Jonathan out of it because I think they'll understand. It's like, come on, you guys are far and away the best challenge competitors. Like you don't need it. Let's just, you know, keep it with us. I think that was, that's, that was what I was thinking when Jeff was explaining it. But I do think that it continued to drive that wedge between the likes of Jonathan and Omar. I think it explains also mm -hmm. why we haven't seen much of that relationship between Jonathan and Omar, because Omar really, after the merge, realized that there's other people he can work with that is loyal to him that's not as much of a physical threat. I still find it really interesting, though, that this episode, Jonathan remains the biggest target for everybody that is playing the game because I don't see Jonathan as this big threat going into the end to win it. Yes, maybe he'll take a spot away from some of them to get into the final three if he does go on a run, but is that really a problem if you're Omar and if he wants to work with you? That's maybe the one thing I, I don't fully get. Like, I feel like, if I, and again, maybe we need to listen to Exit Press here to get Omar's view, but I feel like he was sloppy with his relationship with Jonathan. Like, they were mm -hmm. very tight pre-merge, but he kind of let him go. And as the numbers became less and less in the game, Jonathan should have been more of an important number for him because one person is a lot more valuable in six players left in the game than what they would have been at 12, right? So I, that's the one relationship that I, I, I will listen to Exit Press, I will listen to interviews to understand mm -hmm. what happened there that he didn't keep his meat shield close to him this far in the game because it would have been perfect for them to stick together. And it's interesting because Omar and Lindsay kind of became the duo of the Taku Four. We, yes. didn't, we like never saw Omar and Lindsay interact with each other at all pre-merge so very interesting we we didn't really even get a lot of scenes of omar and marianne but apparently they were fairly close and 
you yeah especially when it's a relationship that you make pre-merge you you can't just let it go like that because it's going to hurt or it's going to become like more apparent in the other person's mind like hey we used to talk a lot more than we do now like we don't really we're not really working together much anymore and it's gonna like kind of linger in your head a bit more than somebody that you met right at the merge so i do think that was definitely a mistake on omer's part and one thing i will say about jonathan i think that you know he could go on he could still go and win two immunities now but we know he won't equal the record and he won't break the record because he's had two immunity wins even if he wins the next two immunities he's got four he's not even in the discussion of top 10 challenge beasts on survivor in history so he's not all that when it comes to it like physically he looks like a beast i want him to go there's rumors that he may go and play season 38 of the challenge i want that to happen so badly because I can see him become a champion on the challenge. It's all about challenge. It's all it's all about physicality. It's all about taking other people out on eliminations. And I think he could do really well on that show. That show, for me, the alpha male survivor isn't a show for alpha males anymore. Like it, it, it's yeah. really moved on the diversity and cast, which, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad, means that now if you're one, and we said it from the beginning of the season, if you're one of two alpha guys out there like Mike and and Jonathan was, or maybe um, Roxroy would have been seen in that same category as well. Each tribe had one of those people. You maybe three of them in the whole season. You're too big of a threat. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to discourage people that are like alpha males to go and play the game. Still go and play it. I just feel like your odds are less. But in a game like the challenge, it is literally all about your own ability to win stuff. You know, so I think in a season like that, he could do extremely well. But the one thing I do want to say about Jonathan is, while we're on the topic of him, is that he is extremely socially aware. And I think that his flaws have been played up by the camera. Because I do think that when we get to the final, um, Dylan here says that he said two weeks ago that Jonathan is like Xander. Fans absolutely rioted when Xander lost that season. Even now still people feel like Xander was robbed. And it's going to happen regardless. But I think the producers are playing up like the little you know, little fights that we see out there that is bound to happen. Like, for instance, yeah. I'll bring up two that I can think of, and you can let me know if there's anything else. So, actually, I can bring up three. So there's the fight between him and Marianne early in the season because he was busy chopping something. Marianne got close to him um, and nearly got cut, and they had a little bit of a spat. Then you see Lindsay and him disagreeing about a vote and who's right and who needs to vote what way. And then you see Drea and him having an argument about the fishnet, right? But these kind of arguments, I think, happens all the time. And it also happens between other players that we just don't see because you're hungry, you're malnutritioned, you're sleep deprived. You can't tell me that other people out there did not have fights. But I do think that the, the, the editors are painting a picture for us that this guy can't win the season. But we're seeing enough from Jonathan to know that he is socially aware. He knows when people are voting against him. He knows how he's being perceived. I do think, and I know this is going to be a hot take here, I do think Jonathan is a better player than what a lot of you know people, half the people love him, half the people hate him. The half that hates him, I think they're overplaying some of the stuff that he's done wrong in the game. I'm not saying he's the best player this season, mm-hmm. but I also don't think he's the worst, if that makes sense. I, I think I agree. Yeah, I think... The online survivor community can be fairly anti-alpha male, anti-challenge-oriented type players. So I think that they definitely underrate Jonathan particularly because, yeah, he does have some confessionals where I'm like, okay. He's a Yeah, like like you kind of understand. Like especially this episode, he was like, 
I think Lindsay's coming after me. And I was like, and that was a fun scene. That was one of my favorite yeah. scenes. Them both yeah, when they were at camp, and, and again, yeah. it, and it shows how Lindsay isn't like Lindsay, in my opinion, is not the same level of player as Jonathan. She's good mm -hmm. at the physical stuff, but she did not read him at all. She thought that yeah. he was definitely focusing on Mike. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think she, I think they maybe were underestimating him that he was just going to blindly follow what they were saying. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. I know I had a bit of a rant there, but me personally, I, I do personally gravitate towards seeing alpha guys go out there and play this game i don't want survivor to become a thing where if you're an alpha guy you're not welcome on the show i think diversity should include everyone you know but there's always going to be a threat like that you know because just because he's physically big in the game people are always going to see him as a threat just based on that alone but i don't think he's in my mind a threat to win this game right now but he's still the biggest target for a lot of people going into this specific vote. And um, I wonder if some of that had to do with the fact that um, Christian said here that Omar apparently found the idol nullifier on day eight, but it was unaired on the season, which is crazy to me. But it kind of explains why he was never really worried about Marianne because he knew Marianne had an idol. So if he kept that idol nullifier for another round, she wouldn't have been able to use it. But it, that to me is crazy because it shows that maybe he didn't even tell anybody about this idol nullifier at all. Marianne, uh, I don't think he knew about Marianne's second idol. Oh, yeah, that's true. He didn't. You're right. Yeah. No one knows about it. So great gameplay yeah. by Marianne. Um, mm -hmm. That's like one person that's actually kept the secret in the game, which is yeah. Survivor 101. You, even though she told people about her first idol, she knew when she got the second one, that one has to remain a secret. And she didn't need help or silly phrases to activate it so it made it a little bit easier to actually yeah. you know keep the knowledge but the, the nullifier and the the, the uh, knowledge is power twists when you have to go and say phrases and other people know about it to me it's just too overpowered it, it just again it becomes a gamble you know you almost don't want to have that advantage in the game at that stage now let's move back to i guess camp uh, you get just prior to the immunity challenge here you've got all these different conversations happening mike is informed about the fact that Marianne has an extra idol, not extra idol, extra vote. She, he, she tells him about the extra vote, which um, makes Mike say, listen, let's make this move this round on Omar. And Marianne is excited because finally people are wanting to make that move, but she's also petrified by this because she's played with the Taku tribe from the beginning and she doesn't really want to go against him. But the real, I think, uh, carrot for her here is the fact that Mike is saying he's willing to play an idol on her the next round and then she's potentially got two idols she can play with. So there's this slight likelihood. I don't think Mike is ever playing this idol on her next round. I think he's playing it on himself. But there's this slight likelihood. You want more options in your back pocket if you can. That if Mike did play the idol for her, she could effectively blindside everyone and play the second idol on, say, a Romeo to keep him safe in the game. Because we all know Romeo is he's drawing dead at this point. He's the GOAT going to the end. That would be... I didn't think about that. I was thinking... Yeah, what, what was Mike saying? Why, why did he say that? I don't think he's doing that at all. No, he won't. He and, won't. And do I it, don't, but I think he's trying to. He's trying to like. Yeah. Like he doesn't know she's got an idol, so he's trying to make her feel safe to come over. And oh yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 good strategy, but no, 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 for sure. But like, yeah, if she didn't have an idol, like, <laughs> and then ne next round comes and he's like, no, like I don't know. It's just get for some reason it just seems very awkward to me, but um. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think there's no chance that's happening. Um, that would be really cool if she could. Because think about it. 
let's say Mike does plays Ida for himself, and Marianne obviously play is going to play for her for herself. Um, someone else is going to be immune. Then it's let's it's probably going to be Jonathan to be honest, uh, or maybe Lindsay. But um, then it's going to be between Romeo and someone else. It's probably not going to be Romeo because people are realizing that he. I want him in the end. Romeo yeah. is like solid. He's he's going all the way to the end. But by the way, while we're on the yeah. subject of Romeo, one note that I just saw that we kind of talked over when the reward challenge happened and Omar said, Romeo is the only person who hasn't eaten anything yet. Immediately took me back to that scene where he was sitting by the pot and he's like yeah. scraping the rice. But yeah. I was thinking I've got more empathy for that now because everybody else has been on a reward. This guy's been out there the whole time and now they're bagging him for starving out there. I know you shouldn't yeah. really do more than your fair share, but right. come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> Especially when he looks like a freaking skeleton. Skeleton. I mean, oh my gosh, like poor guy. He's probably <laughs> just dying out there. Um, I think Romeo's punched his ticket to the final three at this point. I think but, but here's, the, here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. Like, I mean, there's not many players for us to choose from right at this point for our top three, right? We both know Marianne's going to be number one. Are we, think, are we doing a top three this week? Or are we going to let's do it? Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. But, right. but it's going to be a quick one because Marianne will definitely be number one. Yeah. But I think, I think there's a case to be made for Romeo to be number two this week, even though we know that he's not going to win the season. Like in this specific round, did he play the best hand that he was dealt with and going with Marianne? And I kind of feel like he did because, you know, Omara's going to win against everyone. Um, he needs to also claim at some point he's made a move or he was involved in a strategic blindside. And this was, even though it wasn't him leading it, it was him making a move. Now, the way for Romeo to go out and win the next one is, in his mind, he needs to blindside the person who blindsided the biggest player, and he actually goes to go against Marianne. I don't think he's going to do that, and I don't know if he's yeah. got the social capital to do it. But in this round, I feel like there's a lot of other players that did a lot more wrong than right. Like, even Jonathan and Mike, we'll talk about them in a bit, like, in their reasoning and, and how scared they were to make this move going into this thing. Um, more so Mike than Jonathan. I, I was a little bit amused by that you know because jonathan was at serious risk of going home if one person changed the, their vote so i get jonathan's reluctance to make a move or to throw two votes on someone that potentially like in romeo that wasn't going to go home you know what i mean because if romeo changed this vote jonathan would have been gone in mm -hmm. that spot yeah i think people were like uh, overreacting a bit about jonathan's reluctance to go going along with this makes 100 like, sense to me man if i was out there i'd yeah, be like Shit, like one person change a vote i'm i'm out and romeo specifically romeo like he's throwing a vote on romeo doing. so why, yeah. why why shouldn't romeo like romeo might find out yeah. jonathan's voting for him and then he yeah. might be like well screw jonathan i'll be petty yeah i'm not winning this game in any case i'll just vote out jonathan it's a, it's a right. legitimate reason to be scared mm -hmm. of this vote in my mind definitely yeah yeah Jeez, man, it's starting to bucket down with rain over here at the moment. Is I just it? hear it on the outside. I almost feel like I'm out there in survival. I like can tribal council and they had all the rain coming down on them. Dude, I freaking wish it rained here. It's like summer in Arizona's hell. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, we're, we're in the opposite sides of the world, right? So when you guys experience yeah. summer, we've got winter. And when you guys got winter, we got summer. You know, it's yeah, it's the weirdest thing. So when, weird. I, when I first went over to um, London from South Africa for like I, I lived there for about two years i actually had snow in the christmas which was what we always saw in movies because all the movies in south africa were yeah. american movies right and you're like yeah. always like 
you ask your mom and dad as a kid, like, why doesn't it snow? Why can't I build a snowman when it's like, you know, uh, Christmas? Because Christmas for us in the southern hemisphere is you go down to the beach, you know? So that's so that, it's completely different, you know? <laughs> so bizarre. I, I can't even, like, ra- I, I remember hearing as a kid, like, did you know in Australia that it's 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 winter right now and it's like in the middle of summer? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, are you saying that like during Christmas it's it's not snowing? It's not like cold? Well, most places in Australia doesn't really snow. It's a it's, well, yeah. It's it's a massive desert, you know, like with a few green areas and patches. Well, it in doesn't. Australia. Yeah, it doesn't snow here either. But yeah, it's pretty 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 dry. South Africa is the same. Like it only snowed on the mountains normally. Anyways, completely off topic. Um, back to back to Survivor. Uh, we get into the immunity challenge. I like this immunity challenge. They had to run over some hurdles, table table platforms that they had to jump over. Um, then they needed to untie a ladder pieces and they had to fit them in as they climb up the ladder and then at the top they had the table maze with a ball on it that they had to land within the holes um again it comes down to jonathan and Lindsay, uh the two challenge beasts for this season but this time Lindsay does take it out which poses a massive threat for a lot of players in the game because they're now aware she's got an idol she potentially could play this on omar and she doesn't end up using it. Let's talk about that. Like, what do you think about her reasoning here? Now, I understand that you can be afraid of something being put back in the game. Um, but this idol was supposed to be used at final six. Like, if you're replacing the same advantage that you've just used in the game, common sense would sort of say it's not going to be back in the game because it was valid until final six, right? Uh, Chris, I was so, so confused when I was watching hearing her saying this, like, hmm. if, I, I, I don't even, I can't even rationalize it, to be honest. Like, if it's expiring at the final six, then, and you think that when, that if you play it, they're going to rehide it, wouldn't they be hiding it, rehiding it anyways, even if you don't play it? Because it's gone. It's It, it doesn't do anything. It's, it's dead. So wouldn't they re- wouldn't they hide it again supposedly, even if you don't play it? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't. Plus, it wasn't an idol. It was the amulet. You know, it wasn't even a full a full blown idol. Like a, they wouldn't they wouldn't put the amulet back on. Christian yeah. is saying that he doesn't think Lindsay's amulet is transferable, but I don't think that is the case. I, I, what the it becomes an said, idol becomes yeah. an idol. So an idol is yeah. transferable within the game. So I don't think that's the case. And you can play it for anyone, right? Yeah, and I gotta say, I'm I'm a bit surprised that they kept it. That you could only play till six. I was. I would think that they would make. I it prefer like, that. I prefer I final too. six mm-hmm. opposed to final five. Like I think final five is just one tribal council too deep for me personally. Yeah, I would. I would have expected them to say if you have a steal a vote, then it can be played at final six. But if it's an idol, then you can play it at final five. But they kept it at final six, which I, it was refreshing to see. Um, something expire earlier than final five because then we could potentially have three idols and then advantage getting all over again here's here's the craziness of all of this next time on survivor they go to a new beach why can we just have a vent about that like why what do we as viewers and you know people let me know in the comments when you listen to this at a later stage do you in fact i might put this up as a poll just because I want to actually understand how much of the community really enjoyed this last minute twist of going to a new beach. I don't understand the entertainment value. 
we're going to get out of this so, outside of just again yeah. making their lives miserable out there and i'm not saying give them cushions or put them in a in a villa for the last couple of days but it's just i just feel like it's so unnecessary but they go to a new beach now they have to rebuild the camp they're not going to build a camp what's the point they're only going to be <laughs> there for like two days season. This happened last season. They they built like the crappiest shelter known to man, and then it rained, and they were just miserable. And it was just like, what is happening here? Just sleep on the beach, get get rain on. I, I think that's I think that's what they ended up doing. Yeah, yeah. There's this just no this this there's no point for me mm -hmm. to go out there and they don't have Roxroy there to build a shelter within <laughs> like two hours. <laughs> Roxroy was there. That they would have been they would have been sorted. But you know, so they're gonna go to this new beach. And there's going to be some sort of an advantage in the game because we see them running around. Like last the season, there was an advantage. advantage. It's the challenge advantage coming in yeah. this late in the game, right? Um, and and I, I don't know even if we need that. Like, I, I don't understand why we're so top-heavy with the advantages. Yeah. Uh, so late in the game. Uh, yeah, it's just... They just need... They just feel the need to... It's like we need something every episode. There's something happening some sort of advantage going out there some sort of twist and it's like it makes even less sense with the challenge advantage or the the new beach it's like just too many things here's yeah. an idea they want something exciting for next season you know get 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 a, pr a previous winner a legend of the game you, you you if you go for the reward challenge you get an advantage to video call with a, a legend of the game and tell them like kind of like the coach thing you know what i mean like that and island of idols you know so yeah. imagine you know you're out there they're like which which winner you know you get an opportunity you can talk to any of the previous winners we'll get them on the dial you know and you're like i want to talk to vlakos you know and he gets up there and he's like doing the llama talk you know at the end with you. but he gets you like focused in you know for the end like do something else that's exciting that the fans will like more than whatever they're doing at the moment but in any case i don't want to bag, bag too many things like we'll, we'll get into it because i do want to talk a little bit about the season 43 cast that is out and some of the rumors that have been dropping around that we, we might be able to spare five or six minutes towards the end of the podcast to talk about that as well um we at this point find out that marianne wants to make a move on omar she set her sights mike is getting scared he's trying to pull out of this thing jonathan's trying to pull out for for good reasons on jonathan's end i think mike still a little bit amused by that but marianne stands firm she tells them what to do you guys put your votes on romeo romeo and myself will use my extra vote and we're going to blind side omar so the backup plan so and, and that seems you know while we're thinking about should we give romeo second place i'm a little bit worried for romeo here because what if omar did get that idol romeo's gone because they had the the split off the votes right so who mm -hmm. would have been it would have been between jonathan and romeo so it would have been a revote so romeo might have still been saved on the revote because it does look like next episode marianne wants to go for jonathan so maybe he's okay so i was just trying to think when problem solved through this like is it a good move for romeo but i'm mm -hmm. sure marianne would have said listen worst case scenario you're going to get two votes we're going to put three on omar if omar does play the idol it's going to be a split between you and jonathan this is where the votes are going to go but on the revote, no one will vote you out over jonathan it just doesn't make sense right so that's probably why romeo was calm enough to continue to put his vote on omar but she really comes forward here in this thing she puts her foot down and makes an extremely ballsy play by taking out Omar. 
hats off to her, right? Like, I mean, I feel like this mm -hmm. is the cherry on the cake for the season. And this is why I'm so adamant she's probably going to win the season based on this one move. Like, she's got to continue to pull a few moves now out in the next episode. But Omar was the move of the season. Definitely. Um, I've been a bit of a Marianne fan this season. I think well, she was. You might, bit... be, you might be the type of white guy that she's into. I, I don't know if Abby oh is in the, in, the, in the chat here, but <laughs> you might put that, put that profile. Oh, gosh. No, no. The Zach, Zach is the only one for her. Um, uh, <laughs> you frazzled me with that comment. It's what um, I do. It's, it's what I do here. I don't want to get you in trouble at home. You know, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I think she was a bit much at first, but she's really mellowed out. And she's still like herself, like you can see, like the quirkiness yeah. and and the like, just how lovable she is. And but we can see that, like you know, she she knows her place in the game, and like she needs to make something happen. And I just love that she didn't back down to Mike. You know, so many other players would have just said, "Damn, like Mike, Mike's not in on it. We got it. We got to fall back and just let Romeo go." But no, she just put her foot down and said this is going to work you have to trust me let's do it and it worked yeah and i think it's you know it's one of those things like she said she's she's like half both mike and jonathan's size so she's going to get underestimated yeah. erica had the same even though yeah. both her and erica are you know small in stature they stand their ground and they're they're good at knowing when to make moves and strategically maneuver themselves through the game um i think with marianne it's just it's it's so gratifying to see a fan out there play this game and not screw it up like a lot of fans do and yeah. actually understanding what it is she's got all the information she needs she knows the move she needs to play she knows if she doesn't take omar out here she is going to be a goat because she what what resume would marianne have had going into the final against an omar even against a mike or a Lindsay at this point or a jonathan or anyone yeah if she didn't pull this move off. And one of the most endearing things for me of this episode is she pulls off the move. Omar looks at her, sees the two idols coming in, and he's like, you played it, didn't you? And and he's he's good enough to know it's coming and she owns yeah. up to it. But she looks over to the jury and she seeks the acknowledgement from them about the move. And I found that very interesting. You got to play the jury. Like, I know a lot of people hate Rick Devins, but that was one thing that, holy he was crap, great. did they love rick devins the jury and <laughs> um <laughs> abby's commenting <laughs> um you got to play to the jury like you, you got to know what the jury's thinking and like how they're going to react to your moves in the game and if you read them wrong you could be screwed at the end yeah yeah 100 percent and I think that's that's the thing for me when you you look at a game like survivor instead of hating on people that are doing successful in the game learn from it like see what 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 can you learn from someone like a rick devins and add to your own game not that marianne is the showman that he was but she understands the value of the jury seeing her in a positive light because the jury at the end of the day there's two things they need to like you as a person and they have to have a reason to vote for you so you've got to make it easy for them going into the end you've got to sell your game to them and i think she did it here this episode all right, Jake, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Let's talk about top threes here. Who do you have as your number one, two, and three? Um, and are you going to shock us with your number one? Because I feel like it's a foregone conclusion. Mine's Marianne. I'm pretty sure for all the reasons we've said, 
you're probably going to go down that same path. But let me know who's number one, two, and three for you. I'm shocking the world, and I'm putting Romeo at number one. Romeo at kidding. number one. I'm just kidding. I'm just I was like, kidding. I was like, Jake, Jake has no. completely gone off the yep. deep end here. <laughs> I would have been kicked off the show if I did that. Now, obviously, Marianne's at number one. You just wouldn't have gotten yeah. the invite next year, Jake. But like, suddenly been you're like, like who's who's this yeah. new person that's on the uh, Marianne's on the oh Jake? Yeah. I would have I would have gotten um, Zach. Zach would have been on the podcast next season. <laughs> yeah, just get the other um, type the of other white, white guy. guy. Yep. The other skinny white All guy. Right. <laughs> um. I got to say, I think you might have convinced me that Romeo's number two and Jonathan number three. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, definitely Marianne, for all the reasons we said. Two, Romeo, he needed to make this move here. It is the best move to go after the biggest player in the game. He's got, he's, he's, he's drawing dead. He's not winning the season, but I mean, he's yeah. got to at least try, right? He's got to try. And this is the right yeah. move to make here. And honestly, um, Chris, I can't can give it to something? Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Can I say something about Romeo? I, I, to a certain degree, I almost kind of respect that he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not winning this, am I? And like, you know, he's not like laying down and, and dying. Like, he's not just, it may seem that way, but I don't think he truly is. You know, he like is actively like taking part in this move, whereas someone else might just be like whatever like I'm, I'm losing he's still playing the game he's not yeah. he's not like that kid like it reminds me of cartman from south park you know where he's like screw you guys i'm going home whenever he doesn't get his way yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not like that kid you know he's mm -hmm. still playing the game until the end and he's still still trying to get as far as he can in the game and that's admirable you know in its mm -hmm. own so yeah i think romeo is my number two marianne she was the mastermind behind it but she couldn't pull the move out without romeo in her side doing this and i can't give it to Lindsay, even though she won immunity that's awesome she just got outplayed romeo got outplayed mike i felt like um made the right call and trying to go after someone like omar seeing that um yeah i, kind of say, to go for I kind of i think i'm going jonathan as well here i think i'm going yeah, yeah. jonathan for this move just because of his awareness of where he is in the game Lindsay and omar pulling a fast one over him. It would have been easy for him to stay with that group of Taku and with Omar, but he knew he needed to, you know, cut it and run, basically, at this point in the game. And I think it was the right move for him as well. Yeah, can I say, it's just kind of interesting when I went to go rewatch the episode, Mike is the one who brought up Omar first, like, right, right. at the beginning. Like, it's like, okay, we see Omar... He's he's the front runner right now, and he goes to Marianne, and he almost like kind of has to convince her. Like yeah, but but you see, I think this the, I think this is the thing, right? I think Marianne and Omar were very close throughout this. I don't think Mike and Marianne have had this working mm -hmm. relationship throughout the season yeah. when it comes to playing. So I think that's why he said you could screw me in the game right now. I'm putting my my life in the game in your hands is because he's going out on a leap of faith, and I think that Marianne probably at that point had to think about it and be like, I could go the safe route where I'm guaranteed to potentially somehow make it to the final four and final three with Lindsay because she thought she was a lot closer with Lindsay than what she was mm -hmm. and Omar. I think she saw a way for her to get there with Lindsay and Omar, yeah. but she then realized that's not the winning game at this point. So she ultimately, I think, gets the points over Mike because she kept it. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a case for Mike. In fact, there's a case well, for Mike to be number three. There's a case for Mike to be number three here. There yes, but what I was what I was gonna say, it's it's just interesting that like the roles kind of flip after 
the immunity mm. challenge because it's like Marianne it has to convince Mike to do it where it's like well you were the one that wanted to do this and I know that it was because like, that's still bizarre that's scared. why I can't go for Mike yeah. because to me yeah. it was just mind-blowing that he's scared I, I guess it's, it's easy for us to tell because we're outside of the game right but it's it's mind-blowing that he's scared when he knows the votes are coming to Jonathan it's not on him he's mm -hmm. safe but he's still scared of making that move just in case Omar plays an idol yeah, if he was if he was truly scared, then he would have played he would have played his own idol, you know. So yeah. Now, now my reason that I don't think like I mean if if I had to look at this going into the finale week next week, um, who's the best chance to win this season? Marianne head and shoulders above everyone else. Mike, like this is where it gets tough. Like Mike has got a chance because everybody loves him. He's a great social player, but I also think that's going to be his biggest weakness when it comes to the finale because people are going to feel extremely hurt by him that he betrayed them and it's interesting because i spoke to jesse from survivor australian survivor blood versus water in an interview after the season where he mentioned that you know i think it was with jesse that he said that you know your strengths become your weaknesses and your weaknesses become your strengths when you play survivor and mike's strength is his social game in life i think he's a great guy outside of the game i think everybody wants to be his friend i think in survivor that you know it cuts deeper when you create these very real bonds with people outside of the game and they then go and betray you afterwards i think people are gonna i think they're gonna be hurt by mike going into the end and they're gonna say you you yeah. shouldn't have cut me like hi's gonna say i was never coming for you you know what i mean that, that yeah. type of conversations are gonna happen i i could definitely see that happening i mean because we know he's in the final four unless he doesn't play his idol for some reason gives actually gives it to marianne that would be weird but we know yeah. he's in the final four who is he gonna I, I i just feel like if jonathan is not gone at five he is winning the final immunity challenge just wh whatever it is like he's i feel like he's just gonna win that and then it's gonna be probably mike going to fire with someone yeah. it's i think it's 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 tough than, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be good it's going to be it's good. Be good. Like, I mean, I, I'm excited for the end of the season. I, I, overall, I think this has been a great season. I'm still a big mm -hmm. fan of the season. I have a lot of issues with the game mechanics that are being used in New School Survivor, but yep. that's for a different discussion. Christian here brought, brings up that Marianne will only be the second female, black female winner to win Survivor. Crazy. Obviously, the first one being for Sepia all the way back in season wow. four. But, you know, this could be two for two for Canada in the new era of survivor and then yeah. you also have two from three because canadians have only been on three seasons of survivor if she wins this one it's two from three and i think this sparks the conversation when do we get survivor us versus international and will the likes of you know erica and um someone like a marianne potentially in the future be in the international team if we had a season such as that uh, to go up against the us or are they automatically you know i mean the U.S. and Canada are pretty close. Maybe they do fall under the U.S. umbrella. But I found it very interesting, Jake, that, you know, a cast has been dropped for season 43. We won't go into no any Canadians. specific names or anything like that. But there's no Canadians. Do you think it's a coincidence? I, I, think, I think the common or the consensus at the moment is that there's a reason why. And it's because that there were two Canadian winners in a row. And they're like, okay, maybe maybe the, the playing field isn't so level which is so funny to think about because we had, 
I know you said that there's been three seasons, but like, come on, there was one Canadian on 39. I think it was Tom, yeah. the older guy. He had yeah. no chance of winning. He, he was no drawn dead, but still, yeah. still, there was Canadian representation. There was so a Canadian. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, it's interesting. It's a high success rate. No matter how you look at it, two from three is not bad either, but yeah. two from two, two very, I think, similar types of winners, potentially Marianne probably being... Yeah. After this move, in my opinion, a slightly stronger winner than Thanks someone like you. Erica. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But but I mean, overall, this is interesting for me because this kicks off a whole new era. We haven't had any female winners for so long. We potentially will have yeah. two female winners back to back here. Like mm -hmm. I said, I mean, it's interesting how the game is sort of shaping up. And then we're finding out that season 43 will be the exact replica of what we've been seeing. It's 26 days. Similar type of season, similar type of show. We're not going back to 39 days. This is the new Survivor now. Did it? Did that? Did uh, Redmond reveal that? I, I believe so. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Yeah, all I've come seen. Out of all I've seen is the um, the cast, but and I saw that there were three tribes again. But yeah. disappointing. I, I I I knew I knew they weren't going to go back to um, thirty nine days. It's just it's just Jeff's no lazy. To. Jeff's lazy. He doesn't want to be out there for any longer than what he needs to. You know, it's uh, well, and that's I why mean, they do all these tough things. You know, you know. I honestly, I kind of get it for jeff because he's he's away from his family a lot if he if he could reduce that in any way possible i understand but purely from a show standpoint it's worse for the show and he, it it's just 39 days was just so iconic that was that was the thing it was 39 days but now 26 it's just not it's just not the same Hmm. Christian, let me know in the comments. I almost feel like you're Canadian. I can't remember, so let me know if I'm wrong or not. But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting interesting era of Survivor that we're ahead of. But I, I guess you know that's it kind of for this week. It was it's, it's it was a great episode. I'm I'm very happy to see Marianne. You know, she called Omar being the 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 cocoon and then becoming the butterfly. And I think that's really more her this this yeah. episode and and what she became on this show and becoming a crew a, a real contender um yeah christian saying he is canadian so yeah well done christian you know, you've got to be proud and i think personally i've met a few canadians i feel like canadians are very easygoing people and they wow. get along with everyone and survivor is sure. about getting along with people where americans are a little bit more polarized from what i see in the media in any case like i've lived in america as well for about nine months and people had strong opinions so maybe there is something cultural yeah, you're in texas you're in texas, texas. Uh, yeah. you're kind well, of in the extreme but yeah i love the people in texas pretty... but yeah overall i think you're right yeah yeah it's 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 interesting i wonder if culturally there's like something there but i mean who knows Anyways, that, that's it here for this week. If you got to this part of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. So thank you so much for watching here today. Please leave a like on the video. It does help us get recognized in the YouTube algorithms. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, you've never subscribed to the YouTube channel. Even if you want to continue listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever you listen to the podcast, please consider jumping on the YouTube channel search the nullify take and subscribe to the channel we're getting closer and closer to 700 subscribers uh when we get to 750 i'll do another type of giveaway potentially with some caps i do need to give one out to jake first otherwise he'll never let me hear the end of that but yeah. we'll do some we'll do a little bit of a giveaway and then when we get to a thousand subscribers we'll do another buff giveaway as well so that will um, happen in the near future uh, if you are also a challenge fan we've got challenge content um dropping tomorrow i believe at 
8 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time on Friday evening. We will be talking with Chantal and Drew about the latest episode of the Challenge All-Stars 3, episode 3. So looking forward to that one as well. Guys, thank you so much for watching and catch you next week when we'll be crowning a new winner of Survivor. Can't wait for that to happen. Jake, catch you then. Bye.